Hey, welcome to In Doubt. This week on the show, we have our friend Cody Curtis with us to talk to us about Solos' new musical project on the book of Hebrews. Hebrews, it's thick language, and I think we can get lost, especially if we don't understand all these Old Testament allusions, then we're, we're going to be lost in the New Testament context. And so as I studied Hebrews, the things that stood out to me that this letter was about was the person and work of Christ, and then secondly, there's this call to endure, to press on, to remain faithful to the end. Hey, this is Isaac. Welcome to In Doubt. You know, for many people, doing art or viewing art isn't the first thing that comes to their mind when they think of usefulness. You know, consider painting a picture or cleaning the house. You know, I would think that most people at least feel inside that cleaning the house is probably a better use of their time, but not necessarily. Sometimes engaging in or with art can be extremely useful, especially as Christians. This week on the show, we chat with our friend Cody, one of the pioneers behind the musical group called Solos. They just finished writing, recording, and producing a huge 26-track album that takes the listener through the book of Hebrews in a very kind of creatively musical way. Now, for all the creatives listening right now, Cody and the team at Solos are an inspiration because they are totally creatives, you know, artists, hands down, but they also love the gospel and the word of God. They choose to fuel their artistic gifts in such a way that literally builds up the church. And to be Christian creative doesn't mean you have to necessarily talk specifically about Christian things, but in our post-Christian world with, you know, so much ambiguity in our culture, I think being more specific can be really, really important, especially right now. Anyways, in our conversation today, we talk about Solus' new project, which is out now, by the way, and also a bit about what's important to remember when we are inspired to create art from the Word of God. So here's a little clip from their new album before our conversation. With me today is Cody Curtis. He's the composer and director of Solos, which uh, I guess a Christian music group is the best way I'd say it is. But uh, anyways, it's good to have you on the show again, Cody. Thanks for having me. Uh, Yeah, if you're listening, Cody and I actually already had a conversation uh, on worship music back in January of this year. Uh, It was episode 52. If you enjoyed this conversation, you should definitely go and check out that last conversation as well. Uh, But for those, Cody, who didn't hear episode 52, um, and just to give all of us a refresher, tell us a bit about who you are and sort of what you do on a more kind of personal level. I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. It's where I was born and raised. My wife and I and our daughter, Elowen, we currently live in Jackson, Tennessee, And uh, we work at a place called Union University in Jackson, and we've been here for about six years. We both did our undergraduate degrees at Union. It's a fantastic school. If anybody's listening and is looking for a great undergraduate education, definitely check out Union. And uh, so we did that, graduated from there in 2009, got my master's in music composition at UNCG. It's a school in North Carolina. And wrapped up my doctorate last uh, two Mays ago, and I guess it was 2016, in music composition at the University of Memphis. So composition, music composition is what I, I love to do, what I love to um, 
would love to study and learn more about. And uh, so my wife and I, we've been married since 2009. We have one one daughter right now. Her name is Elowen, and she's uh, just a blast to be around. Cool. That That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that a little bit. Uh, so, Solos, this is uh, a big part of your, your life right now. Um, why don't you, if someone's completely unfamiliar with Solos, and, uh, and by the way, when I'm saying Solos to the listeners, it's P-S-A-L-L-O-S. So maybe first tell us what that name is and then kind of get into what Solos is and then what the mission kind of vision of Solos is. Solos is a, uh, well, solo is a Greek word. It's used five times in the New Testament and it's usually translated to seeing or to make melody. The, the main place it occurs in our mind whenever we, we picked it as our our name was in Ephesians 5 when Paul says, uh, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, and making melody to the Lord. And that's the word there for making melody to the Lord. And we, we picked that, we added the S to it to make it sound even better, we thought, uh, because we thought it encapsulated what our, our mission was, and that was to help people to make melody to each other and to the Lord, but as a form of worshiping through music. And our music, it's... It's not congregational all the time. Sometimes our music is congregational, but it's more on the artistic presentation realm of things. And so I guess I would summarize our mission as is to create um, worshipful art music. Uh, we, we really we, we lean into the fact that our music is artistic. It's, um, it's intentional. Um, it's based in an understanding of Western art music of composers in the past and trying to be, um, I am trying to be a 21st century composer and all that comes with it. And it's it's worshipful as well. It's certainly a form of worship music and just trying to think about, well, what is the role of music in worship and then how can we do that in a fresh way? And I think that has resulted in setting scripture to music, not word for word, but teaching people scripture through a um, more of a paraphrased telling of the story of different books of the Bible. So that's probably how I'd summarize it. Yeah, no, that's so good, Cody. And and for those listening, like you, the Solos team, uh, I think it was a few years ago now, put out uh, Romans, which, I mean, the fact that you would choose Romans as your first big, um, you know, work like <laughs> is kind of unreal. Uh, but anyways, beautiful album, uh, in all honesty. Uh, and yeah, if you haven't listened to that, you should definitely go check that out. Uh, and just like Cody was just saying, it's, it's, it's a paraphrase kind of in a sense, verse by verse through Romans. Um, so you kind of have to touch on those really kind of difficult themes, um, throughout the entire book, which is so important because I think, for a lot of us, we can just simply go to um, the passages that maybe just make most sense or that our hearts resonate most with um, rather than looking at the whole thing. So anyways, but for the last year, you've been working on a new project. So uh, why don't you just let us know what that project is and then we'll kind of, uh, we'll jump into that. So the follow-up Romans, um, it was, it was tough. We didn't, so we I did choose Romans as our first album, but I didn't have in mind that this would be one of many. And after we we did Romans, I, I had the idea, well, wouldn't it be nice to take all of the New Testament epistles and put them to music? And so I sort of mapped that out and I thought, well, if I can release one every year and a half, well, maybe I'll be done by the time I'm 70 or so. <laughs> so I didn't, I decided not to worry about those details and just start working the next, on the next album. And so 
we did that little church songs album um, back in last October. And those were congregational songs. But our our next major album, I knew I wanted it to be another New Testament epistle. And my only really qualification on which letter we would choose is that it had to be small and easy because Romans had wiped us out. It was it's just, as you alluded to, it's a, it's, a, it's a long letter, and there's so much in there. It's so deep, so rich, and we did our best to convey everything that we thought we could in, a, in an album of that nature. And then, so then I started looking at shorter epistles like Philippians, 1 Timothy, all those nice four or five chapter letters. And I, I had written I mean, a good bit of both of those letters last summer. Uh, and by last summer, not the most recent one, but in 2016. And I just, I, I wasn't feeling like it was the right move. I can't really give too much objective reason as to why, but um, those letters are fantastic. And I look forward to putting those to music someday. But just through conversations with people, I was drawn more towards the, the book of Hebrews, and which went against everything that I had set in motion, not to anything long or or complex and Hebrews is just about as complex as I think you can have a letter you can get. And I was talking to some of my, uh, my musicians about, it. I told them I was on the fence as to which letter to do. And I remember one of my uh, musicians names, Matt, he said, well, maybe you should do Hebrews because that's a letter that is probably less understood by your average believer than some of the others. And our mission really is to help to clarify scripture in people's minds. So that, that I think that sold me on the fact that, yeah, Hebrews is a, is a good move. So picked that one and then spent probably about five months studying it, uh, reading different materials. I um, sat in on a class with George Guthrie. Um, he's a wonderful New Testament professor. He's actually, I forget which school he's headed to, but after this year, he's going to be teaching up in Canada. Oh, good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So y'all are going to get a, a jewel right there. There you go. And then I spent probably um, late de- late December till about March uh, writing it all. And then after that, orchestrating it, producing it. And then we recorded it last summer and are, even as we speak at the very, very, very tail end of that process of having it having yeah, it done that's awesome that's so good uh just back to your first uh your first point about you know the idea of having uh sort of a, a musical piece on every single epistle it just reminds me of um because i think i think sufjan stevens wanted to do that with uh the states i don't know if you're familiar yeah, with like, illinois I, I think he's done two of them and then yeah then he changed and then he changed <laughs> but i mean beautiful pieces so you know i'm they just are. i just want to let you know that if romans and hebrews are the only two and you follow sufjan's way i'm that's still great because those are that's still timeless great uh pieces <laughs> so there you go um before we jump into the kind of the creative uh, aspect of this new album coming out, Hebrews. Um, yeah, do, do, could you just kind of let us know a little bit about what exactly Hebrews is even about? Um, like you said, it's it is often very uh, kind of maybe not skimmed over. Like people read it, but there's lots of it that is confusing with the whole priest Melchizedek. Like lots is in there. So could you kind of tell us a little bit what it's about? Sure. Yeah, Hebrews. It's thick language, and I think we can get lost in, especially if we don't understand all these Old Testament allusions, then we're, we're going to be lost in the New Testament context. And so as I studied Hebrews and was just learning about it, it the, the things that stood up to me that this letter was about was the person and work of Christ, so who he is and what Jesus has done, 
And then secondly, there's this call to endure, to press on, to remain faithful to the end. And so you have both of those components. And the way that Hebrews is structured is the author who is uh, very skillful. I think when you sometimes first read it, you're thinking, well, he doesn't really, what's his logic? I don't know how he's getting from this point to this point. But he's jumping back and forth between exposition and exhortation. So the exposition is where he's speaking about Christ and what he's done, how Christ is superior to all these different people. And then he will just pause in the narrative and say, but you need to endure, you need to press on, and he'll give these warnings to people. And so the the exposition, the maybe we'll just say the overarching Christological narrative, is interspersed with all these parenthetical commands or these warnings to, to endure. Because it's not, in his mind, it's not just enough to know that this is correct or this is proper theology, but... He uses that as a, as a springboard to tell them, well, then you need to you need to be living this way. Falling away is a real danger. Um, the deceitfulness of sin is a real danger, and so you you must endure. And so that's that. I think understanding that format was helpful to me and how I, I set it to music and for people who read through it to just keep that that toggling in mind from exposition to exhortation. But yeah, overall, it's just about. Christ and his supremacy and how beautiful he is and how wonderful our salvation is in this new covenant context. Yeah. Well, you, you just briefly touched on it, but it, it's interesting to me as you as you were talking, I was thinking in my head, how does that truth then, um, how is the music that you're going to create uh, going to help support those themes? Um, because, it, I mean, you, Solos has a lot of kind of orchestral sounds and um and I'm hoping to hear more of that. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment here. But it's just interesting to me that, you know, you as a creative person, that, you know, you you definitely music is your thing. Uh, was it sort of hard for you to imagine um, different melodies, different instruments, different sounds that would help sort of lift up this theme? Or uh, does that come more natural to you? It, it certainly is. It's work to find out the right sound of each passage. And I, I write, I guess the writing of the album it didn't take a ton of time, um, four or five months. But uh, even before I started writing notes, I was just thinking in my mind, well, what does this passage sound like? And so that that does take a lot of coming up with ideas, then ditching the ideas and trying something else. And uh, the Hebrews, and I didn't come to this conclusion until I really got deeper into the letter, but it, it offers these so many different uh, moments, different or different types of tones to work with musically. And from that, just developing my harmonic language. And I think whenever you write a composition, it's, it's each some from piece to piece, it's you, you come up with your own musical language and then you just write within that musical language for the rest of the, the album. And so it took me a while to develop what that was. What is, if I could summarize the whole of Hebrews in just three notes or one chord. And so once I had that figured out, or right, for me, it's really more it's two chords. And then how do I then spread that out linearly across this whole long album? So it takes it takes a lot of work, and it takes a lot of work just to get it to the point where I'm satisfied with it, where I feel like my language is supporting the lyrics um, just as much, even if you don't think about what's going on musically, it's all there. It's all communicating the same yeah, message. That's good. You know, as you say that, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking more too about people listening, a lot of creatives in the church. Um 
as in people that are musicians, uh, maybe they are artists, like in, in the fine arts, photographers, filmmakers, what what have you. What would you say is almost the first step or the first sort of uh, task when you want to to take inspiration from the word to create art? What's something you can't kind of forget? Maybe an encouragement or. Yeah. I think it's super important to, if you're taking scripture and you're trying to communicate it to whatever degree, you have to know, and this is obvious, but you have to know what it's saying and you have to know what the overarching message is. Like when, with Hebrews, I, I had this document where I put like layer one, how do I summarize in one sentence what Hebrews is about? Okay. Layer two, how do I summarize in five sentences what Hebrews is about? Okay. Layer three, layer four. And then at some point in that whole spectrum of layers, I have our music and so knowing how, what it is from a big point of view, and then once you zoom in, knowing what each passage is, each, you know, verse. And so you have to start there because we're dealing with something that is, it's objective truth. Yes, there's some disagreements about how do we interpret certain things, but it's, it's saying something verbally and objectively. And so before we start inputting our, our subjective musical language into it our or our art, we, we, we can't, we have to know what we're working with before we do that. And then the second step uh, I guess the one I might even just close with is that the importance of form with with everything and like with music, I wanted to understand what what is the form and structure of the letter, and then how do I translate that to the form and structure of an entire album? And Hebrews is about twenty seven tracks, which is it's as lengthy. Oh my then I had to think about yeah, <laughs> so it's it's long. But I had to think about how does track one relate to track five to track 13 or whatever it is and how are they all cohesive? And then how does just that idea alone communicate the message yeah. of Hebrews? That's that's so good. Cool. Thank you for answering that kind of the side question there. Um, uh, this is sort of a question I had that just might be interesting, but uh, obviously the, the group that makes up Solos is not just you. There's, there's a group uh, of people there. Um, and I, I'm just interested, what were some of the band members' first kind of reactions when you kind of came up to them whenever it was, maybe a year ago or so now, and said, hey, guys, we're going to do Hebrews? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was, I think everybody was on board. And I think after we did Romans, it was such an experiment I, when I approached Thomas and Kelsey, our lead singers, about it, I, I was just surprised how eager they were to be a part of this album. And I didn't really have a reference point for what Romans would be like. I just said, you got to trust me. It's this idea. I hope it'll work. And so they were on board with it. And then it was a year, maybe a year, two years ago, year and a half ago, I approached both of them again. And I said, do you all want to do it for round number two? And with our group, we're just, we're not a typical band. I don't even usually refer to ourselves as, as a band where I don't know what we are. <laughs> but Thomas, he lives in a different um, city, not too far. And Kelsey, she's still here in Jackson with me. But we just don't know what our, our futures are going to be. And so it was never an assumption that we're, we're going to keep doing this for however long. I, I hope we keep doing this for many, many years if the Lord wills. And, but it was just like, hey, are y'all still on board for this? And they were. I think they spoke highly of their experience with Romans and wanted to do it again. And then the rest of the musicians. Um, and with a lot of our musicians, there's just, it's, it's very fluid. Um, because we're based here at a college, some people graduate and stick around in Jackson, or some people graduate and move on. And then I had to find a new, you know, violinist or trumpet player or whatever it is. And so that part's a bit more fluid, but everybody was supportive. And 
I think, excited but very fearful of what Hebrews would be like in music just because it's such a big project. Yeah, exactly. Very big. And and again, like we were talking about, there's kind of some difficult passages in there, which brings me to the next question. When you were writing uh, the different kind of paraphrases of the truths in Hebrews, um, what passage or maybe passages did you find most most difficult, if you wouldn't mind sharing? It, it may not be the ones that people might think. It just so certain passages in Scripture might be hard to interpret, and they're controversial passages. Like in Romans, it was Romans 9, and Hebrews is probably Hebrews 6. And those those passages aren't necessarily difficult for me to— they, they don't mean that they're going to be necessarily difficult for me to set. That just means I stick closer to the text, and I do, I do less interpreting, less paraphrasing, and really make sure that the listener knows that what I'm saying is what the text is saying. So Hebrews— Six wasn't wasn't too difficult. I think the one that I most struggled with, you know, there's two that come to mind, but the one I'll, I'll say is in chapter twelve. It's the um, the passage where the author is he's contrasting these two mountains, and he says, "You've not come to essentially to Mount Sinai with this old covenant frightening imagery, but you have come to Zion, the city of the living God." And it's a wonderful passage. I think it's it's the climax if or one of the climaxes of of the, uh, of the letter. And it was difficult to maybe to portray each mountain, each covenant to what it represented just individually, but then to make that those two different mountains coalesce and they could exist in the same song. And so that took a lot of just careful writing and, and working through that. And, and that's, so that's just an important song on the album. And I, I like how it came out, but it just, it took a lot of time, a lot of time for me to figure out how yeah. to do it and to be content with how it turned out. For sure, no, that's good. Um, and I guess the big, the big question of our whole conversation is: uh, Did you record in a dorm room with mattresses, uh, <laughs> like you did with Romans? Yeah. So, yeah, with with Romans, I guess just a little bit of a backstory. We just had zero money for that project, like. None other than what my wife and I had been saving. So we yeah, we did it in a dorm room with mattresses with a very, um, very mediocre microphone, I would say. And so for this next album, we we knew we wanted it to be better, better quality. Um, we were able to do a Kickstarter campaign and raise some funds. But even even then, with the amount of money that we we targeted and we we got, it still didn't allow us to go to a, a professional studio that would, I mean, that would have cost so much money, especially for an album of this length and nature and complexity, because it is very orchestral still. So yes, we did it in a dorm room inside a fort of mattresses, but it was a better fort of mattresses. <laughs> yes, <laughs> good. If that makes any type of difference. And, but we, I, we invested some money in better equipment. So we have, um, we still have, well, we have two microphones now, but we just used um, the new one that we bought. It's a very quality microphone. We use it for everything. It's a blue Kiwi. And um, got a new audio interface with some stronger preamps. So our, the, the way we recorded it is the same, but it's um, just a lot better quality. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's good. Uh, just before we finish up, a couple more quick questions here. One is, uh, do you think any of the songs uh, from Hebrews could be sung uh, corporately in a church setting, or are most of them uh, more, like you said, these kind of more ways, uh, musical ways to express what Hebrews is talking about? There might be one or two that are. And in Romans, I was more intentional about saying, okay, I wanted to have a handful that would be congregational. But I think with Hebrews, 
I I was less concerned about that because I'm as I saw how Romans interact how people interact with Romans I think it was just it's more of a presentation and the music is a lot more complex than Romans is it's a, a lot more complex and so even um, even if melodies were within a, a singable range I think just pulling them off for for some churches in a congreg- congregational corporate format might be challenging doable certainly but. Yeah, it's it's more it's more just presentation songs, but there might be one or two in there they can be adapted for that format. That's awesome. That's so good. Well, Cody, thanks so much for uh, sharing with us a little bit about uh, this album, Hebrews, kind of about solos, a little bit about yourself as well. Um, so by now, the album is out. So would you tell us a little bit about where people can get it, where they can hear it, things like that? If you visit our website, that's probably the best place to, to get it. It's, the website is www.solos.com and again solos is p-s-a-l-l-o-s and on our website there is an online store so you can purchase physical cds directly there we are still doing physical cds we we believe that's an important (laughs) way to listen to it because you get the whole seamless connected narrative with cds a lot better than on digital but you can also buy digital albums Uh, From there, we have a digital store, but it should also be available on stores like iTunes and Amazon. And uh, yeah, so just check those out, but definitely solos.com. For sure. That's awesome. And just to encourage listeners as well, um, you know, some of friends and I, we at college, we got together and we would do listening, like a listening party where we would sit down with lyrics and play a whole album from start to finish. And I kid you not, like maybe that does kind of sound boring, but it actually is incredible because you get the whole sort of album of whatever artist it is uh, in this one seamless thing. So I would suggest if you grab Hebrews, which I hope you do, you sit down with some friends and have all the lyrics and listen to the entire thing. Uh, I'm sure Cody would also appreciate that because it will get you the whole picture of what it all is about. So listening parties, we have to do more of those. They are very, very valuable. (laughs) Anyways, thanks so much, Cody. I hope to have you again on the show soon. It's my pleasure. Thank you. That was our friend Cody Curtis from Solos. Again, just head to solos.com for the Hebrews album, as well as other resources they have as well. Hey, we at In Doubt would love to know if you're listening on the radio on one of the stations that air us across the country. So if that's you right now, um, the next safe and legal moment, because you might be driving, we'd love for you to simply direct message us on Facebook, on Twitter, or Instagram and say, hey, I'm listening on, you know, such and such a station. That's it. Um, Also, however you're listening, we'd love for you to tell us which episodes and which topics have interested you most and maybe have most engaged you. Perhaps last week with Jen Wilkin uh, talking about God's, you know, all-knowingness, his omniscience. Or two weeks ago when we finished our mini-series talking about those two young adults in history. It really helps us produce and create content that benefits you when we know what's working and not working for you. But whatever the case may be, we're uncompromisingly and unashamedly Bible-based. We seek to bring the true gospel to many issues in life, cultivating conversation. Conversations that will change lives. Anyways, if In Doubt is a ministry that's affected you in any way for the better, I would ask you to consider praying about possibly supporting us financially. Many young adults, you know, don't have tons of cash to give away. I totally get that. But in reality, little amounts given a lot of times, it adds up. And if you didn't know, we do way more than just the show. We also have weekly articles, newsfeed blogs that engage current events, Bible studies for individual and group use, as well as live events. So if you believe in our mission and are interested in giving, just click the donate button at indoubt.ca. 
if you live in Canada or indoubt.com if you live in the States. Or you can text to give by texting the word give to 604-670-5179. Thanks in advance. Anyways, that wraps up In Doubt this week. Be sure to connect with us online on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. And meet up with us next week as we chat with Justin Brierley on the fact that after 10 years of talking to atheists, hearing some of the best arguments against Christianity, he's still a Christian. See you then. In Doubt Ministries exists to bring a biblical perspective into the relevant issues of life and faith that young adults face every day. For more information, check out indoubt.ca if you live in Canada and indoubt.com if you live in the U.S.